0: Welcome to the Celtics Pride podcast on Celtics blog. I am Adam Motenko. With me, my co-host, as always, my twin brother, the coach, Josh Motenko. Game day, baby. Josh is excited. With us also, Mike Minkoff.
1: Brothers Motenko, we finally get to see the myth, the man, the legend, Peyton Pritchard, take the court this evening. It is <laughs> oh, going to be exciting.
0: Follow us on Twitter at Celtics Pride Pod. Today, we are talking about the week ahead. We're going to talk about who you are most excited to see on the Celtics in the first preseason game. We're going to talk about the NBA rankings on ESPN and where the prominent Celtics fit on there, whether they should be in a different place. We're going to talk about the most exciting moment in the NBA preseason so far for each of us, and then we're going to review the East teams of note. Let's kick us off Uh, the week ahead. The Celtics play Philadelphia on Tuesday. The Brooklyn Nets on Friday in the preseason. And then their first regular season game is on December 23rd, Wednesday, against the Bucks. followed by the Brooklyn Nets on Christmas Day. Fellas, who are you most excited to see in the preseason so far? Josh, let's throw to you first.
2: Yeah, you guys are making fun of me already. It's it's Peyton Pritchard, my friends. Peyton Pritchard. I feel like I'm going to say it here first on this podcast. I think Peyton Pritchard has a killer instinct. I really do. What do you mean um, by
1: killer instinct with Peyton yeah, Power? Are you instinct? are you saying he's Mamba mentality? <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. So what is the killer instinct? Right? It's being clutch, it's not backing down from anyone. It's usually having like an inflated self of a sense of self efficacy, right, or uh, self ability. It's being like mentally tough, right? Which all the, the sports scientists have defined as just resiliency. It's just next play mentality. Um, and there's different kinds, right? There's like Kobe was like aggressive and boisterous. Dwayne Wade was more kind of even keeled and kind of emotionless, right? And so there's like personality types I feel like to to killer instincts. And I'm not comparing Peyton Pritchard to any NBA all star, but like when you're looking at Let alone Hall of Famers. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) When you're when I'm looking at like the guys off the bench and who's gonna contribute, you know, and with the injuries we have, we need people to step up right away and from some of Brad Stevens comments, it it doesn't seem like Aaron Neesmith is going to be like stepping into the starting lineup anytime soon. Right. So I I just, I look at like the mindset, I feel like you can read some of the mindset. If you, if you look at all the interviews and you look at all the film and and watch the games of these guys and see how they react in different situations. um, It's, I feel like he's got it. I feel like he's got this, this like, I don't know how to describe it. It's, a guy who's going to go next play right away. He's never going to complain. He's going to take all the coaching. He's a team oriented guy. He's got skills that like other players respect. And you can see that in all of his film, including some, you know, workouts and, and stuff like that over the summer with other high draft picks. Like he's a guy who's been with the elite players for so long and, and has their respect. I feel like he's he's just got huge cojones. He's, he's, he's going to be a pesky player who's you know, I think going to become a fan favorite. I'm, I'm most excited to see what he brings.
1: As you were talking about this, two guys came into my head, Matthew Vdellavidova and TJ McConnell, both of whom I've like loved uh, or appreciated as, as players. Do you, do you think that that's the type of player or are you going to stick more with no. that kind of Kobe Wade comparison that you started
2: with? <laughs> no, I like the- <laughs> I like the Fred Van Vliet comparison. I feel like because I think he's a better defender. I think he's scrappier and more physical and stronger than than those guys. You know, Delavadova was like a good six two six three, just like uh, Pritchard. But uh, you know, and he has he has the heart. But you know, it's like his three point shot wasn't that great. And Pritchard's got some range on his three. You know, he's he it looks like a layup. You know, it looks like it's effortless the way he releases the ball. And same with Nismith. You know, that's what. We got with these two draft picks is guys who can shoot from distance with ease and you know hopefully that translates so that's who I'm most excited to see you know I even listened to a whole podcast of Steph Curry's parents they got this this podcast where they're interviewing other parents it's called uh Raising Fame with Dell and Sonia and you know they interviewed Pritchard's parents and you know it was a lot of glowing fluff right you know it's the parents talking about their kid but you know some of the stuff they were talking about i think does lend itself to to this killer instinct idea that you know he was like asking for negative feedback he didn't want to hear the positive stuff like he wanted you know he's just has this relentless work ethic you know according to his parents yeah but you know you <laughs> you and here's another thing there was a study by the new york times years ago maybe like almost 10 years ago now 8 years ago now and the the common misconception that most NBA players come from urban areas and uh, you know, underprivileged situations. Is actually not true by the numbers. Most of them come from like, double parent families and from communities where they've had like, the same coach throughout middle school and elementary school and, and like, had some consistency with players that they've played with and had you know, some resources um, to be successful, which was surprising to me. Who are you guys most excited to see?
1: I am excited about the the Williamses the Williams eye. Um, I know I know that's cheating. I know that's too. Uh, but you know, I kind of I already raved about Grant Williams and what I think he's going to be able to bring as far as impact. I think he's going to have opportunities to kind of be in a leadership role on in certain lineups and configurations in the in the preseason. You know, that the starters, well, he might be a starter. I'm curious to see if he ends up starting. Uh, with the first unit um, while Kemba is out. So that's that's part one. And then I'm, I, I imagine he'll get a little bit of extended run relative to guys like Tatum and Brown and Smart um, and even Tice. And curious to see what he'll do when he's probably going to be one of the more seasoned players on the court uh with with a a lot of the rookies or other second year players that haven't gotten as much uh playing time as him um and then robert williams just remains a giant kind of question mark uh going into what this is his third year you know he oozes he oozes potential his ceiling is as high as he can jump um but his his floor uh, remains remains you know lower than a guy like like grant williams so i'm I'm really Tristan Thompson being out uh, over the course of the preseason and maybe for the first game or or so of the regular season opens a little bit of a door uh, for Robert Williams to get some some real rotation minutes early and uh, establish himself as a guy that deserves to be a regular rotation member. Uh, which which was a little bit in question as soon as we signed Tristan Thompson. So I'm really curious to see how he plays and performs. Uh, if he starts, you know, there were, of course, the preseason uh, glowing discussion of how he's, you know, communicating super effectively now and, and helping the rookies find their place on D and all of the fluff that you'd expect this time of year. Um, I, I'm curious to see if that actually is, plays out on the court. What about you, Adam?
0: i am excited to see three players and the reason i chose these three players is because this is the wonkiest nba season since the lockout uh it's i expect uncertainty to reign in this nba season and uh this preseason is it's two games so and even for a normal preseason you don't learn much from preseason um so the three players are the two rookies peyton pritchard and Aaron Neesmith. and basically, like I want to see how they move. I want to see what skills they they show. I want to see their confidence level. Um, we know from last year, seeing Carson Edwards go off in a preseason game, it doesn't matter. The preseason doesn't matter, and the things that we think we learn from preseason are not real, most of them. Uh, I am also interested in seeing Taco fall. So it's like basically like the very end of the bench. Who are the players that we know nothing about? And and this guy who's kind of a, uh, he, he's like a, a, really like a, the, the word is escaping me. Taco Fall is kind of an enigma, like about whether he can actually play in this league or not. I mean, fans love him. The media loves him. I love him. He seems like a great guy. He's already 25, whether he can hang in this league or not, I'm not sure. But I want to see whether he's winded. I want to see, is he moving better? Can he switch at all? Does he understand the defense? Is he setting good screens and moving on offense? Stuff like that, Um, which I do think you can pick up on a little bit in preseason. But again, none of this matters. It's not going to have an implication on the regular season.
1: So negative.
0: (laughs) It's preseason. It's 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 totally, totally realistic. Okay, so... Let's talk about the these rankings in the NBA on ESPN, player rankings. Jason Tatum was 11th. Jalen Brown was 25th. Is that right, Mike? 32nd. No, 32nd. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, Mike, tell us more about what you are thinking about re- related to these rankings.
1: So, a couple of things. I mean, I think if you're a Celtics fan, you you feel seen, you feel heard having uh, Jason Tatum at number 11 um, and, and Jalen Brown. Basically, uh, just outside the top 30. I think these are right... Personally, I think these are right around where they should be. Um, And what what I'm really curious about, you know, ultimately, for the Celtics to be in the championship conversation, they need at least one of the following two things to happen. Jason Tatum becomes a true top five player in the NBA. Or, or possibly and... Uh, Jalen Brown becomes probably like a true top 15 to top 20 player in the NBA. So what I'm really curious to think think about at this point is like, what do we really think? How high do we really think that they're going to climb before the end of this season? Um, and, and with Tatum, the, the top 10 is a pretty crowded landscape. Um, so just, just really quickly to run through from number 10 down to number one. Number 10 is Jokic. Number nine is James Harden. Eight is Steph Curry. Seven is Dame Lillard. Six is Kevin Durant. Five is Kawhi. Four is Luka Doncic. Three is Giannis. Two is Anthony Davis. And number one is LeBron. I could see, personally, Jason Tatum maybe, maybe squeezing past uh, Jokic this season. Um... I don't know what it would take. It would take a real jump from for Tatum to get past anybody else on that list. What do you guys think?
0: I expect uh, Jalen Brown to be an all-star this year. So I, I, to me that would move him up. If they did a ranking at the end of the year, he'd be higher. I could see Tatum moving up a couple of spots. Um, I'm not putting a lot of stock in this ESPN list. If you look at the list last year, the rankings for these players especially like there's a ton of movement um Kyrie was moved way down on this list this year from last year he was number 11 last year uh so uh, again none of this matters Josh what do you think
2: I just think it's good to see you know a bunch of guys rated for us you know smart is at 37 Hayward is at 45 so that shows you where the you know the ESPN thinks Marcus Smart is and Kemba is all the way down at 48 right after LaVert and Oladipo.
1: Yeah, that's you crazy. You know so
2: now I guess we should all you know that Marcus Smart is way better than Kemba Walker I guess. Um but I think I think it's interesting because I think Tatum has a chance. You know we 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 kind of decided last podcast that Tatum was going to or I decided he was going to be around 11th in MVP voting, you know, where he was this past year, you know a couple of you guys maybe thought he could sneak in there. Uh, but I think, you know, Jalen Brown is going to surprise some people. I think he's going to be an all-star this year. You know, he almost was last year, and is, he's obviously trending upwards. So to have him at 32nd, that means a lot of guys are going to get injured uh, or they're going to have to open up the the all-star game rosters to 15 guys this year like they're doing with the regular season rosters in order to, to get him on. I, I would see him more as like one of the maybe 28, 27, somewhere between 27 and 30 Um, so I think that he'll surprise some people, but it's good to see him recognized as the 32nd guy.
1: So there, as far as, uh, Jalen Brown is concerned, and I agree, these ESPN ranks are, uh, far from perfect. Um, so the guy's immediately in front of him, Ja Morant at 31, Kyle Lowry at number 30, Trey Young at 29, Brandon Ingram at 28, CJ McCollum at 27, Rudy Gobert at 26 and Kyrie Irving at 25. So that's seven guys in front of him. Do you think he's better right now than any of those guys?
2: Yeah. I think he's better than Siakam. I I would take him over Gobert. You know, I think you could argue that Brandon Ingram isn't I'm just not a huge fan of Brandon Ingram, but
1: yeah, Siakam's I think at those 24. Guys Siakam's out. at 24. So Yeah, I I'm I'm interested about Brandon Ingram being that high. I don't think Brandon Ingram's shown a whole heck of a lot in the league as as far as being part of a winning, winning situation. Um, I know you love Trey Young. Everyone loves Trey Young. I know he's prodigious offensively, but it still seems a bit early to call him a top 30 player in the NBA to me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Rudy Gobert is just has his limitations, but he's defensively a juggernaut. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think Jalen Brown's probably sniffing that. Pro- probably deserves to be in the top thirty. Certainly, he merits being in that conversation. I agree. I think it sounds like we're all in agreement that he's likely to be an All Star, or, or certainly well positioned to be an All Star. This situation, though, the you know that the forward and guard situation is getting a little more crowded uh, in the East all of a sudden, and it, and it might get even even more so if Harden finds his way in uh, Philly or Brooklyn. Sometime before the trade deadline in the All-Star game.
0: <laughs> Josh, does the fact that Jason Tatum is now 6'10, does that change anything for you in terms of his top ten status?
2: What do you mean? He's officially now 6'10? Is he on the right Brad, Brad Stevens alluded
1: alluded uh in a press conference over the weekend that Tatum is now 6'10, and and um, Tom Westerholm actually reported on this in August. Uh, uh for mass live uh, he's now with uh, the boston Boston dot com but that I didn't see that Jason Tatum is six ten. yeah
2: yeah, I mean I remember I remember thinking he was taller than six eight and you know then Bill Simmons was talking about it months ago. Um, it's weird how some you know some heights are inflated too much. like I wonder if he's actually six nine you know but there's a lot of guys whose height is inflated like an inch or two. And then there's some guys weirdly who are underreported. I think Romeo Langford is underreported. I don't think he's 6-4. I think he's like a legit 6-6 or 6-5 without shoes and you add the inch for the shoes as everyone does. Just to be clear, all of these heights are 1 inch less if they're barefoot. This is their no. their height
1: but in did, shoes. No. They did change it last year. Yeah, now they're real. No. Yeah. Yeah, they're there's all no mesu- they're all measuring without with they're shoes. all measuring without shoes.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah I don't I don't believe that Tatum's 6'11 with shoes on 6'10 without shoes. But he's, hey,
0: he's 6'10 cuz they measure without shoes as of the beginning of last season, Josh. Okay. Uh most exciting moment of the NBA preseason thus far, got to pick one. I will go first. Uh my most exciting moment so far is um it's actually two. I'm not I'm breaking my own rules here. Um it's when Josh overreacted to Two different Celtics players before we even played a game. So a week or two ago, Josh was all in on Aaron Nesmith. This guy might start for us this year. He's really good. He's going to defend. He's going to come off screens and drain threes. And then on the Celtics slack, Josh got water poured all over that heat. Uh, I think the the comp that that people liked was um, RB Reggie Bullock. Uh, Reggie Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, I haven't heard you say anything about Neesmith since then. And now it's all about Peyton Pritchard. Now, granted, apparently Danny Ainge, uh, Wick Grausbeck talked about Danny Ainge sort of uh, rubbing his hands together when he talked about Peyton Pritchard. Uh, I just have this image of Danny as, as this like evil genius just concocting his schemes. And maybe we're all... Uh, Maybe he knows and we don't about Peyton. We we will see. Apparently, he's looking really good according to the the other players. He's the young guy that's standing out in in practice. So I'd love to be wrong, but uh, to for you to 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 say that he's like the guy that is going to make a difference here because of his killer instinct and his parents' praise, without even seeing a preseason game yet. <laughs> that's how you know it's preseason. <laughs>
2: So I never said that that Aaron Neesmith Aaron Niesmith was going to start for us. I wouldn't say he's going to start. I don't think he's a part of the starting lineup. I uh, and I apologize if I'm excited about our first round draft picks this year. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a couple guys I felt like we missed on too. You know, but um, I I I've been in this business, Adam, and I feel like I can judge talent, and I feel like the numbers back it up, and so. You know, when I, I'm just excited to have some shooters off the bench now. I'm excited to have some guys who I think are going to play themselves onto the court just because of that skill alone. And uh, yeah, I think Peyton Pritchard is going to become a fan favorite. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Now I have this crystal well, ball and I don't know if it's right or not.
0: It, this does seem like a good time to just update the audience. We, we started talking a little bit and, and you and I do have a bet. Do you believe two of the five following players will shoot 40% or more on more than 72 attempts from three this year? Peyton Pritchard, Carson Edwards, Grant Williams, Aaron E. Smith, Tremont Waters. So we will see. Hopefully, you know, I, I took this bet because I like taking bets where uh, if I lose, I still win because the team does well. There will be no stakes, but um, we'll keep the the audience updated on this. Mike, what are you most excited about from the preseason in the NBA so far?
1: I mean, I get excited every year for what we were talking about just a moment ago. You know, things like Jason Tatum's height Jason Tatum's, you know, the, it looks like he's been working out, like, people getting jazzed about it. I just, you know, everyone had the best offseason of their life. They've never felt better. Like, I, it never gets old for me. So, um, you, you know, as you said so eloquently earlier, Adam, preseason doesn't matter none of it matters. I gen- genuinely don't get too excited about much in the preseason I'm looking forward to watching the Celtics play um, this evening and, and getting to see all of the guys run and actually getting to watch the new the new guys play some of the guys didn't get a lot of run last year but um, I just I just love all of the fluff all of the absurd stories that come out this time of year. Um, all of the little things that we as uh, obsessed Celtics fans will like cling onto and talk ourselves into um, because there's no actual basketball being played quite yet that we get to watch and, and make uh, <laughs> more more well-informed decisions based off of what about you, Josh?
2: My top moment of the preseason so far—I was watching just a little bit of the Houston Rockets game. I think it was their first preseason game. Just the John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins comeback on that highly dysfunctional Houston Rockets team. How far we've come from a year ago. Uh, which I kind of—I feel like my crystal ball was telling me something was going to go down like this too. Because I remember last year you guys talking about Houston being a championship contender, and I never saw it. And you know. I'm watching, and DeMarcus Cousins goes to the free throw line. He airballs a free throw so badly that it barely hit the net. It, like, grazed the bottom tip of the net. And, uh, you know, the announcers went crazy with all the the someone-must-open-the-door-in-here kind of jokes. But that was kind of the epitome of this whole, like, Houston Rockets situation is, like, this this comeback hopeful DeMarcus Cousins. Your guy, if I remember correctly, Adam, right? Your guy, DeMarcus Cousins, I just don't think it's going to happen for him, man. And that the air ball, the free throw kind of also symbolized, as Adam's been talking about, the preseason and how, you know, these guys are rusty, especially guys who haven't played in a long time.
0: Yeah. Saw DeMarcus Cousins on cold as balls with Kevin Hart. He did not look in shape. Yeah. (laughs) Valuable additions from Adam Otenko. Okay. So let's talk about some East teams of note. The Celtics play Philadelphia early in the season. They play the Nets, the Bucks. So Mike, what, tell us what you see from Philly this year.
1: I mean, I think Philly is going to be a really interesting team to uh, keep our eyes on. And it'll be really interesting to see how the game goes this evening. What, what looks we get out of them, what we don't see, but you know, they made some really, I think meaningful changes, um, kind of simple, simple adjustments when all of a sudden done, they, they were able to ship out Al Horford. Uh, they brought in Danny green. They brought in Seth Curry, uh, and, Um, shipped out. Josh Richardson. So they they put I mean Seth Curry is an elite, elite, elite shooter. Danny Green has definitely been on the down down slide and uh back end of his career, but he's still a solid three and D guy even at this stage in his career. Um and Ben Simmons and Joel L. Embiid are still really good players and with more shooting around them have the chance. Um that that kind of lineup with those four guys Plus, Tobias Harris has a chance to be a really potent lineup. Uh, Doc Doc Rivers, you know, we had a discussion over the summer about where he ranks as a head coach, and you guys were higher on him than me, um, just because of his unquestioned uh, strength as a as a just as a leader in general. Um, And he gets guys to play harder. He gets guys to buy in, or at least he has historically. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see what they do and how they perform. And I, you know, I think they're right back in the thick of things at the top of the East again this year.
0: Moving on to the Brooklyn Nets. They are a very interesting team this year. Obviously, the superstar triumvirate of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden is leading this team. Oh, wait, they have not traded for James Harden yet. There is a logjam of players on this team that include the guys that Kyrie Irving listed as his guys, who he expected to be on his team this year, and uh, players who are not on that list. Uh, I very much expect this team to look different either very soon or by the trade deadline. You've got Jarrett Allen and DeAndre Jordan at center Allen is the better player. Jordan is getting the starting nod and the minutes and has the support of Irving and and Durant. Apparently KD looks fantastic based on off-season workouts, but again, that means nothing. Kyrie Irving is already getting fined by the league because he's not talking to the media. They've got a new coach and it's just going to be fascinating. What what a potential mess slash potential success story here. And I have no idea what's going to happen.
2: Yeah. And Joe Harris, poor Joe Harris is getting just lost in the shuffle there. You know, no media attention for him at all. You guys know the the DeAntoni, the Mike DeAntoni annoyed face. Can you picture it in your head? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get ready for a lot of that this year. And then right next to it, the Steve Nash face. What is his face going to look like? You know, when you look at that bench this year, that's that's number two on my list of what I'm most looking forward to.
0: Yeah. Karis Levert and Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to stay on this team. And I love Dinwiddie. Uh, I don't understand why they would deal him. He's got a great contract for the next two years. Oh, he's got a player option next year.
2: Here's the other issue about the Nets too. I mean, if we go back and we look, did Kyrie Irving ever come back to the Boston Garden after no. he was traded? Oh, wait, that's right. He didn't, right? Exactly. This guy hasn't been back. And obviously there's no fans to boo him there, you know, and, and the uh, the fake crowd noise they've been doing in the preseason games has been amazing. I sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. But you know, this guy has has been ducking us you know he's been ducking that comeback and it's finally going to happen it's kind of interesting that we're playing them in the preseason and then going to have a regular season game against them two games later
0: and and Josh do you know if that regular season game is at home or away for the Celtics it's at home but oh, it's, it's, home. it's not yeah but so yeah so mean? i expect irving will play since the fans won't be there and then he'll duck the next time he'll be injured then all right let's go to mike mike actually josh you're next right
2: for the bucks so you know I, that's the first game of the regular season this is this is the first game that matters and I just think this is a whole different Bucks team. I mean, they losing Eric Bledsoe and adding Drew Holiday is huge, right? That's the obvious one. But they remodeled and kind of like flipped the whole house. They added Tory Craig from Denver to defend big wings. I really like him. He's going to provide some toughness next to Giannis too. Um, they've added shooting and playoff experience with Brent Forbes from the Spurs. I like him. The secret move they did, though, no, Mike, it wasn't Marvin Williams. It was Bobby Portis. You know, and. Portis, I don't know if you like this guy, but he he kind of seemed like he was a guy you just didn't want on your team, you know. It seemed like you know most of the teams in the NBA felt this way after he punched out his teammate Nikola Mirotic in Chicago, uh, sent him to the injured list. But now I think he's actually underrated to the point that he could kind of make it uh, to my. I think I'm going to come up with a soon to be uh, created all underrated team, y'all. I think he's. I think Bobby Portis might make it onto the all underrated team. He's only 25. He can shoot threes. He's strong enough to at least give you something against centers. You know, at 6'10, I think he's a find. Um, Milwaukee drafted R.J. Hampton. You know, that's a good athletic combo guard for the future. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to contribute much this year, but another vet who they got uh, is D.J. Augustine. I think he's actually going to get some minutes. You know, he, he's been going on 12 years in the NBA, so there's another vet. Obviously, DiVincenzo and Connaughton are back and they're a year older. But like John Horst and the Bucks front office staff have basically said, we're taking Giannis, Middleton and Brooke Lopez and we're overhauling the entire supporting cast. And I just think it's a whole different look. It's, it's just interesting what they've done. Almost like the Brogdon over Bledsoe idea. It's like now you, it's a, their team is even unrecognizable. Like they don't even remember that happened with the team that, when you, that you put out there. What do you guys think?
1: Well, I think you're right. I think they identified those three guys and said, we're going to overhaul the roster. They just made, you know, a major mistake in executing one of their major moves and trying to get Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Sacramento Kings. And oops, (laughs) looks like they still got DiVincenzo instead. Um, you know, the, the major storyline over in Milwaukee is they brought in Drew Holiday, but Yana still hasn't signed his Max extension, which he has um until I think it's the twenty first, to do, at which point he'll be playing out the, the season, uh and and the deal will still be there, but the questions will also loom. Um, I think it's pretty interesting that by all accounts, by the by the way it was being reported earlier in the off season, the short off season that it's been, um, it sounded you know, national reporters like Brian Windhorst, who's as plugged in as it gets, were indicating that that there seemed to be some pretty warm feelings in Milwaukee and and uh, at least moderate levels of confidence uh, that Giannis would be signing this year um, before before that that deadline. There was a press conference uh, last week where Giannis was he he didn't say what I would want him to say if I were a Bucks fan. So. You know, I think the Bucks are going to be a really, really good team this year. But you don't ever want to be a small market team with a super duper star. Uh, their future status kind of hovering over you over the course of a year. I think it becomes a distraction, no matter no matter the personality of the the star. And I think Giannis has as good a personality from a team perspective as possible here. But it can it's still going to be a distraction.
0: How much do you think has to do with the uh, Bogdanovich situation? It can't
1: help. It was so bad. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, I would be really frustrated if I were a member of an organization and I was like, go get this done. Or, or I was like, you know, I really want this. And they were like, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And then they probably called and were like, we got it. We got the deal. And then it gets nationally reported. And then two days later, the league is like, you just flagrantly violated the cba you can't do this the deal is off or what I, I mean which seems to be what happened we don't know for sure that that's what happened but that seems to be what happened like that doesn't look good i would i would be like well why am i putting it all of my time and energy into this organization when i could go literally anywhere i wanted it, ha- it has to raise questions that weren't there before
2: even david stern was like no 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 you're not doing that
1: posthumously david stern was uh yeah he he the ghost of David Stern was haunting Adam Silver's dreams on that one.
0: <laughs> I mean, David Stern—he—he—he he, he likes to veto lots of things. Likes to. Okay. Uh, anything else, dude?
2: I'm just excited about these games right now. I mean, it's like it's kind of overflowing. We've had four nights of of NBA and no Celtics. We finally get to see our guys play. And and uh, you know, this is this is like the the overreactions. I think are are healthy. You know, like every team. Every college basketball team that's a former college coach. Right now, they're they all think they're going to be undefeated. They're all looking at the guy next to them, thinking like, "This guy's been killing in practice." You know, these guys have gotten better. You're looking around. You know, the Celtics are looking at the continuity they have. You know, and 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 watching these other games, like, "Oh my God," there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of preseason mistakes in these games, and a lot of new guys who've got to fit in with really no time for new head coaches to get acclimated and set things up. It's it's uh. You know, this this is prime time for smiles across everybody's faces. You know, even the Houston Rockets with John Wall and Demarcus Cousins are excited about the season.
0: I'm excited for the regular season too, Josh, but that's still another couple weeks away. <laughs> and, and I'll be here to... to no,
2: it's not. It's, it's days
0: away. <laughs> I'll be here to, to, to keep you... Uh, to just remind everybody... When you are overreacting, that it's happening.
1: I know. Speaking of things to potentially overreact about, and I know Adam isn't going to have be interested in this question, but the, I asked this seriously. You, you guys know my stance on this player. Are we going to see anything? Should we expect to see anything from Carson Edwards this preseason?
0: Apparently not. He's not being mentioned uh, as a part of the point guard rotation. I think Danny. That's from Danny Ainge.
2: I'm doubtful. Like he's. He's obviously being seen as a two. Uh, he needs to shoot the ball in order to, to to be anything as a two. You know, he's still working on ball security and what I, you know, just from interviews and stuff recently, it's like he just as as one player used to say that I that I coached. He plays too much. He's just too playful. Like he's not. It's almost as if like he doesn't take the game seriously or something. You know, and and I wonder if I think his confidence as a rookie. You know, he was kind of shook, and it affected his three-point shooting, the only transferable skill he has. Uh, And I do think that there's a world in which he can be an elite shooter again at the NBA level. But if he can't get on the floor with the Celtics, because we pride ourselves on defense and ball security, and every player has to, you know, as, as Brad recently said in an interview, that's a demand on every player, you know, then it's probably going to be somewhere else where he becomes that. So I don't think that we're going to get a whole lot out of him. I'm more excited about other guys on the team than him.
0: I am too. I'm going to give him another shot, but it's not going to last more than a month. All right. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Rate, review, subscribe. Celtics Pride Pod on Twitter. Follow us. We will keep you posted. Can't wait for there to be something real to talk about. Peace out.